This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to Spotlight on the Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. Today, we're exploring the process of acquiring citizenship through the lens of Virman, a stateless teenager living in Malaysia. I meet Virman at his place of work. He's a waiter at a restaurant in a neighborhood shopping mall. My name is Virman Churi. I'm 20 years old this year, and I'm currently working um, as a waiter at a restaurant near my place. So uh, I just finished my college. I did a level. On the surface, Virman is like any other Malaysian teenager on the cusp of adulthood. Oh, when's my birthday? Uh, so my birthday is on 12 October, 12 October this year. Um, so I'll be turning 20, which I'm so uh, nervous about because I'm not ready for that, like going into like adulthood kind of, like situation. <laughs> He wears glasses and has curly hair. He has a shy but irrepressible smile and a goofy laugh. So I like to I like to read books or either I listen to music. I love Taylor Swift so much. While I'm not working, I'll, I'll probably just watch like dramas on YouTube and hang out with friends as well. Uh, go watch movies and stuff like that. Yeah, normal teenager thing to do, lah. Yeah. Like so many teenagers, and dare I say, even full-grown adults. He's not quite sure what he wants to become. Before this, I was very adamant that I wanted to become a doctor. But now I'm not really sure. There's still a lot of, a lot of gaps as to why I want to become a doctor. For example, I couldn't really answer the question like, what actually drives you to become a doctor? What is your inner motivation? But Virman isn't a regular Malaysian teenager. He's missing what so many of us born in this country take for granted, an identification card. I thought that before this, I was just undocumented. Then I learned about like what's the meaning of being stateless and realizing that I am one of those stateless kids in Malaysia. Virman's story is typical of many children who are without citizenship documents. His biological parents are from Indonesia and migrated to Malaysia before he was born in search of a better livelihood. In 1999, Virman was born in Selangor, where he has lived all his life. I was born in 12th of October um, on Monday, 1.21 p.m. To be specific, at Joey Medical Center, somewhere around the um, vicinity of my place as well. I was born and raised here, never been somewhere else. Not long after his birth, his mother was left to raise Virman alone. Realizing that she couldn't take care of him properly, she gave him up to a Malaysian family. So my, my biological mom, she kind of like sent me out to this family because probably the financial cost, the burden and all. So this family has been taking care of me since I was a baby up until now. The first time that he realised he wasn't considered a citizen of Malaysia, Firman was 12 years old. When I was 12 years old, I wanted to make my IC and I went to Japan. I couldn't make my IC because I didn't have biological parents. So they advised me to make uh, adoption process. So when I went through that and then finally got a certificate after like a year I think we, we've been trying um, going back and forth to JPN and all. Um, went for interview as well when I was 11 years old and it said that I'm not a citizen of Malaysia on the adoption certificate. That's when I realised that like oh my god this is a big deal and going through secondary school wouldn't be easy for me because of like I didn't have a documentation I have to go through this process of like applying for citizenship so I knew that my life wasn't going to be wasn't going to be easy at that time yeah his citizenship application was turned down the first time so Virman and his adopted family painstakingly applied again 
So we went to JPN and get the documents and then prepare all the documents requ- required, which are not easy, by the way, because there's a, there's a lot of documents to be prepared and there's a lot of people to, for you to meet in, or, in order to, to obtain those documents. Like photography of ICs of my siblings, some sort of record from hospital, a reference letter from your schools. Um, my adopted parents, they have to activate the passport while making that application for me. My adopted mother, she even like hired someone in Putrajaya to sort of fill the documents for us because we were afraid to make a mixtape, right? So they were the one who, they were the one who are very knowledgeable about it. So that's why we hired them to help to help us out, and we were just like complying the documents required. Meanwhile, Virman continued with his secondary school education. He's bright and eager to learn, and excelled as a student. I like learning new stuff every day when I go to school. I like science and history. I'm not, I'm not a very smart student, but I think like Feli is like my best teacher. For example, like, um, when I got my result after examination, right, I'll always reflect what went wrong and all. And if I got like fail and all, I always ask myself, like, what did I do wrong and all, and I try to improve my result on the next exam. So that's how I progress as a student. The motivation behind the success is just think about like my situation as a stateless and coming from like impoverished background. My parents are not very well off themselves. I remember thinking I, I wanted to change the course of my life. I didn't want them to be living in this way anymore. I feel like, you know, education would bring me to that. It, it would bring me a chance to sort of improve my life. And just being surrounded by my friends. So I was in like a science class and they were very, very smart students and all. So they are the one who pushed me to sort of like study, study hard every day and so that I can be on par as they are. But the knowledge of his undocumented status took an emotional and mental toll. He kept his situation secret for most of his friends. The worry and shame about being a non-citizen was a burden he shouldered alone. I have never told them about it because I, I was just like... I was just so embarrassed like, to admit that, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't have an IC, I'm not a Malaysian citizen. It had been challenging going through um, high school year, uh, you know, you know, dealing with this all by myself. I, I didn't even, even tell my, my adult parents or any of my friends about what I'm dealing with. So it was, it was really tough um, because I felt like I was so afraid of being labeled as like a foreigner in your own country and all, right? I still remember this one time when my teacher uh, in class she asked for my for my IC and all, and I was I was so 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 embarrassed at that time because I didn't know what to say to her lot because I, if I told her then my friends wouldn't know about it and I was just so embarrassed about it. But some of my teacher knew about it because I used to be kicked out from school when I was form three when they found out that I didn't have any documentation. They told me that uh, you could not go to school unless you pay for a levy. I had to be out from school for like one or two months. So, and then while doing that, um, I have to pay 360 a year because they found out when I was in Form 3, so I had to pay for the previous year as well. So it was it was quite a pressure on my parents' law because they are not very well off and all, right? So to put that burden on them was just... It was very hard lot. I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I need to return the favor when I'm, when someday when, when I got a degree and all. 
Despite his uncertain legal status, Fehrman continued to excel academically. He was one of the top students in his school during the SPM examinations. I took nine subjects. I'm I'm so 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 grateful that I managed to get straight A's. Really, when they called my name, that would be mine. Uh, nine A's, and I was just I really couldn't believe that it was possible. I really was so surprised, and I remember crying and like on the stage, just like I was crying of happiness, lah. Like knowing that my my hard work has been paid off. At this stage, it's been years since he submitted his second application for citizenship without receiving a response. Undeterred, Virman supplemented his appeal with proof of his academic achievements. The people who have helped me, they told me about like, oh, why, why not you make a letter of appeal to stand to get the end and sort of like to help your to help strengthen your application. I got a straight A during my SVM. So this might be, I might be one of the strong candidates to be considered and it might have a point that can support me to get my citizenship and all. It didn't work. His application was denied for a second time. The rejection was devastating. They were rejecting my application with, without giving me any reasons why my application was rejected. So they pushed um, a letter to my house address it was just like one piece of paper, and then they they bolded like rejected. Well, when I saw that for the second time, I was just I was very sad as a teenager, you know, like going through all this very challenging life, and then I got rejected again, and I have, I have to think about like what's next and all because right now my um, adopted mother passed away like uh, in early 2017 due to coronary artery disease so without her I was I was feeling kind of lost lot about what I wanted to do next about my season she about my life because I was depending on her before this I, I, I felt very lost lot before this I really didn't know what to do you know about how we go about my documentation when we come back we'll hear more from Verman and his journey to citizenship Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Spotlight on the Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. On today's episode, Virman, a stateless teenager in Selangor, is sharing his journey to be recognized as a citizen of Malaysia. To date, Virman's application for citizenship has been rejected twice. The lack of citizenship becomes an insurmountable barrier to public higher education institutions, despite his excellent results. Being stateless, um, I set myself this false expectation that, you know, like, just study hard and get good results. And somehow, this part of you being a stateless, maybe like, if you got straight A's, then the government would make an exception for you and you will be able to go to local universities. So I applied to Matrix, I applied to UPU as well. I didn't manage to get any of those, like even STPM. I was very, very, I was very disappointed because all I wanted to do was just be like other people, being able to achieve your goals and dreams. I was, I was very, very sad at that time. Yeah, I remember thinking like, this might be the end of my future and all, because I really didn't know what to do at that time. My option was just local university. There were no any other options. As if they, if they would not be able to accept me, then this is a dead end for me, you know. So after SPM, I worked out as a waiter for like a whole year to get my mind off my citizenship um, situation and also to be self-sustainable. I don't want to burden my parents more than I've already did. 
And I just want to, to just save some money and maybe that will be helpful in the near future when I want to further my education. But Virman was lucky. He was noticed by civil society groups that help underprivileged children, and they formed a support network for him that found a path to a pre-university program. Um, I was part of this program called Closing the Gap. Closing the Gap aims to minimize education equity for underprivileged students like me. So they, they don't want like, so, something like you know, financial backgrounds to restrict you from going to universities. So they connected me with this head program available at, uh, at a private institution. So she knew about my situation and she was really, really willing to help me out and get a place to do a level there. It, it was possible for me to go to do LLO because of the kindness of the director law to, to allow me to study there. So I got like two A's and one B. Uh, I took three subjects, biochemistry and maths. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm so, so, so grateful about it. I'm so, I'm so thankful knowing that my hardware has been paid off because during my level, I was so, so struggling. I really didn't expect this program to be this difficult. It was such a transition from SPM. You can really see the significant difference in terms of um, the way it is structured, the way like question being asked. So it's very different than SPM. Like, it really requires you to think and very critically. I still remember when I got like all straight Ds in my first semester. <laughs> but yeah, but like I told you, la, I'm just like that kind of person who is improving examination by examination now. His next step is to apply for citizenship yet again and hope that he'll be third time lucky. But Virman is racing against the clock as he turns 21 next year. So right now, I am currently assembling the documents required for the applications. I think I am planning to send those applications before I am turning 20, before on October, because the process will be a lot harder after I turn 20. So I'm trying to get that settled down as soon as possible. Children below the age of 21 can apply for citizenship under Article 15A of the Federal Constitution. This provision gives the government special powers to grant citizenship to children in such special circumstances as they see fit. The process becomes much more complex and opaque for those above 21. And for Virman, the older he gets, the more susceptible he becomes a target of law enforcement. Uh, I still remember this one particular time where I was going back home. I went after work, so I, I took a bus and then there was a roadblock in front. So the bus was stopped and then the policeman came into the bus and asked in each and every one of us of our documentation. I remember the embarrassment that I felt um, when the policeman asked me very aggressively, where's my IC? And he was shouting very aggressively and people looked at me weirdly. I still remember the embarrassment that I felt at that time. I told them oh, I'm currently making, an, um, making a citizenship application and it's still in progress. And, they, and then they shouted at me again, I was so mortified at that time. Like after I told them, like there's nothing I can do about it, you know. Um, I wasn't, I didn't wish to be born in such a way. So they 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 they, are, they were silent and then they came out of the bus. To add that, I've never feel I've never felt really secure being here. Yeah, without document because when I walk around or something like that, I'm a, I was so afraid that I'll be detained by the policeman there, so I've never, even in my house, I've never felt really secured. 
As a stateless person, he is also denied access to basic amenities like medical treatment and financial institutions. For example, if I want to go to to the hospital, they would ask about my IC. It kept me hesitant, like, I'm like, I'm sick and all right. I really didn't think about going to hospital to get the, the health service there because I was afraid that they would be, they would be asking about my IC. And then the problem of, like, security being, being afraid of, frightened of being detained by the policeman there, it, it restricts your daily life, like, for example, if you want to open a bank account, you want to keep money secured, I keep money, like, at my house somewhere like I hid it somewhere <laughs> I don't know I feel like being so confined in one place for the whole of a lot of my life I really want to travel the world I, you know I, I just like I'm yearning like what's what's world like out there you know but because I don't have IC right I don't have so that means I don't have passport and all so it really restrict me in a lot of ways law. in a way that I felt like my future in education was really hazy at that time. But right now, because I've received a lot of help from people, they come like show me the hope that the future is there for you. There will always be something that you can do and things will always be better. You just have to keep persevering. Virman remains in limbo until his citizenship status is resolved. His worst case scenario is being deported to Indonesia, a country he has no knowledge of and has never set foot on. Uh, I'll be, I think like I'll be detained and got deported back perhaps Indonesia because my biological parents, according to my birth certificate, they were Indonesian. So probably I'll be deported back to Indonesia. Been here for a whole lot of my life. And I have such admiration and compassion for this country. And I, I really couldn't imagine myself being as a citizen than a Malaysian citizen. And basically, like, I feel like the Malaysian identity has shaped me the person that I am right now and I feel like and I have so much patriotism for this country and that's why I really I feel like I am really deserving as a citizen and I know like I feel like I'm not like one of those like you know bad citizens and do bad stuff I'm a kid who did great in school and got straight A's and all and I don't see why not why can't I become a citizen why was my citizen was denied for this country. But despite the odds being against him, he remains hopeful and optimistic about the future. And the gratitude that he feels towards all who have helped him in his life is palpable. While he may be young in age, his life experiences set him apart from so many of his peers. But right now, I feel like I can, I, I can only hope, like, I've done my effort, you know, I can only hope and persevere for things will get better in the future. Because there's nothing else that I can do about it. You know, because you are dealing with legalities. It's not only about technical problems and all. You're dealing with the government. You're dealing with something that is constitutional, you know. It's not, it's not easy. So all that I can do for now, I can only persevere and do what I, what I needed to do and hope something will be, will be better in the future. I say goodbye to Verman as he begins his shift at the restaurant. If I didn't know his story he'd look like any other Malaysian young adult working to make ends meet in the city. There are many children like Birman. Children born in Malaysia under circumstances beyond their control. Full of potential and dreams of contributing to society. Yearning to be recognized as legally Malaysian. The way they feel, 
the way they've been raised. You've been listening to Spotlight on the Morning Run. If you've missed any part of this episode, you can find the podcast on the BFM app, Spotify, or iTunes. Search for BFM Spotlight. Stay tuned to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.